Goddag og velkommen til The Pipe, en række af podcast, hvor Ogilvy sætter fokus på, hvad der skal til for at skabe brands, der gør en forskel, og hvordan brands når det mål. Mit navn er Katrine Vejby. Hvad er de nye spilleregler for at skabe stærke kunderelationer, og hvor skal brands se hen for at finde inspiration? I denne podcast taler jeg med Jeremy Katz og Robert John Davis, som er forfatterne bag bogen The Digital Social Contract. Bogen handler om creator-kulturen, altså creators, youtubere og bloggere, der har opbygget sig et enormt følgeskab på nettet. Vi hører, hvad vi kan lære af creator-kulturen, og hvordan brands kan samarbejde med dem. Først fortæller Jeremy Katz og Robert John Davis, hvad der er så banebrydende ved den nye creator-kultur. It's the uh, the rise of content creators, uh, online stars, that has been made possible by social media and technology. So people who have uh, built huge audiences on YouTube, built huge audiences on Vine, uh, outside of the uh, the gatekeepers that that normally regulate the entertainment industry. And that's what was so fascinating to us um, when you look at people like you know very famous ones like PewDiePie, down to the uh, the up and comers. These are all people who built audiences based upon their own talent, their own content. They didn't have networks behind them. They didn't have movie studios behind them. Uh, they didn't have money behind them. Most of them start in their bedroom or their basement. Uh, and to do that and be able to build an audience of two, three, four, five million and up, uh, it's the first time that that's happened in human communication. And it's been a very significant development. So we thought that it was worthy of a, uh, an entire book to study that. Both of us have children who are in the prime age group for uh, paying attention to the creator revolution. And we saw some things in our own family lives that were particularly interesting, notably that the audience was directly involved with the creation of the infrastructure around each individual creator, that the audience was also participating in the creation itself, that the interaction between the creator and the audience was as much part of the stream of content as what was actually coming out of the creator's mouth and what they were being what was being seen on the video screen. We also noticed that content was being consumed by this audience in a different way. The holy grail for all of these platforms has been to take over the living room, and it appeared to though that had happened but it had happened in a generational shift as opposed to a platform shift and how do brands people working with brands how can we use this knowledge the thing that i'd say first and foremost is to understand that the brand itself cannot be either the dictator of a community or the creator of a community that the brand itself must in fact be an ally of a community and of a creator and in so doing help nurture and uh, build a, a, a bilateral exchange or even a multilateral exchange between the brand and uh, the multitudes out there who are engaged with that brand. And following the path of the creator means that the brand is no longer quite in charge of its message, even in the way that we say now in the in the consumer-controlled brand era. It means letting go of it to the extent that there's co-creation of the content, that the actual rules of community engagement are set by the community, that the brand is first and foremost a member of the community, and if it does everything right, may end up being a peer leader in the community, but will never be um, in charge 
ever again, in fact. If you asked uh, any major brand, they would love to have 10 million followers that engage with their content on a weekly basis, but very, very few of them do, and, and very few of them have been able to grow any kind of significant audience organically, like the creators that we're talking about have. So I think there's there are a lot of lessons in terms of how the community grew. To, to Jeremy's point, you know, the brands tend to want to take control of a conversation and take control of a community rather than be the the impetus behind uh, the growth of a community and its continued existence. So when we look at creators and I talk to brands that want to uh, excel in this space, excel on YouTube, excel on Vine, excel on Facebook, we look at some of the things that the creators have done well. It's about how they connect with their audience. It's about regularly publishing content that's meaningful. So one of the one of the hardest things um, I think for brands to do in this space is to not talk about themselves, but to talk about what the community is interested in. And that's certainly what the creators do. Even creators that have developed strong personalities about themselves, the content is still related to what the community wants to hear. The other thing that's interesting that drives uh, how creators approach content that I think brands can learn from is that creators are in this for the long haul. Right? We're not talking about people who are looking to do this for two or three months, have some fun, and then go on to do something else. Uh, creators make a living creating this content. Some of them make a very good living, millions of dollars a year uh, in revenue. So they're looking at the long-term commitment. They don't want to do anything that will offend their audience. And by offend, I don't, you know, that can be totally variable depending upon the creator, what, what an offensive uh, video or piece of content would be. But they want to keep the audience engaged. They want to grow their audience and they want them for a, a lifetime. And I think that brands have a hard time dealing with that because we, we all, you know, I'm almost 50 years old. We, we, we grew up, my generation grew up, most of us in the industry grew up with the idea of campaigns. And we create TV spots, we do print ads, we run them for a few months, we measure them and we go back. That's not the world anymore. And, and the world that the creators have, have pushed upon us and the technology has, has made possible is a world of constant communication. There's one way to, to contextualize this, which is by looking at some of the examples that uh, exist. I'll give you a bad example to begin with, which is um, there was one um, there was one uh, really prominent movie launch, and we speak about this in the book, in which a creator named Ryan Higa was hired by the movie studio to promote it. Now, because this content was completely inauthentic, it was obvious that he didn't really care at all about the movie, his audience recognized it, and they punished him for it uh, by commenting online, by leaving his subscribership, and by generally having no impact whatsoever on the movie. Fast forward a couple of years later, Mr. Higa has learned his lesson, and he now does a, a partnership with a computer brand to introduce a new tablet. Instead of having it be an inauthentic, obviously promotional piece of content, what Mr. Higa does is engages in uh, the exact same kind of content that his audience knows him for, except that the object of the particular set of videos that he did happened to be the new tablet being launched. So... It was part of the comedy stream. It was part of the commentary stream. It was part of the community. It was merely a prop. But by being a prop in this this collection of videos, it succeeded in achieving penetration into the community in a way it could have never achieved before. So you're talking about the collaboration with creators. How does that work in real life? 
when when brands collaborate with creators the, uh, the 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 hardest part is is the first step it's finding the right creator the creator that that fits what the brand is looking for but also the creator who is is willing to support and and back the products of the brand every successful branded project that we've worked on with a creator really comes together the the first step that 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 that, that first at bat if you will in the game is when we sit down and we talk to the creator and we find out if there is a link between the creator's interest in the brand and with what the brand would like to do and then we take it from there uh you know this is not a situation where we're hiring an actor to read a script or to do something that that is predetermined we're approaching creators to work with them collaboratively to work with the brand we want their ideas we want them to be passionate about the brand and we want them to use their unique talents that have earned them the audience that they have to talk about our product to talk about our brand so it's it's a very interesting path um, and there are a lot of different ways it can go uh, and there are a lot of a uh, lot of potential uh, potholes along the way lots of, uh, of opportunities for things to go awry but that's part of the fun of this what could the potholes be because what could go wrong in this I mean you're talking about chemistry is there anything else that could go wrong in this collaboration because there must also be knowledge that that that, that person who's been invited in does not have there there are several things that that we look out for when we're uh, when we're working with creators and and one is making sure that um, that everybody is on the same page throughout the process because at some point we're going to trust the creator to uh, to go off and decide what the content is going to be and to uh, to to meet the needs of the brand through their own voice so sometimes uh, we'll get into an engagement and the creator will realize you know what they don't really believe in the product or or they're not really behind the message that they're being asked to tell and they'll back out they'll say no um, every creator that we have spoken to uh, during the course of writing the book has a story about turning down a brand about turning down an advertising engagement because they didn't feel it was right and most of them know that right off the bat but there's a small percentage of time when that doesn't become apparent until we're deeper into the uh, into the project uh, one of the other things that can go wrong is if the brand or if you're working through an agency um, either the brand or agency starts to dictate too much to the creator what they're expected to do um, as a, we are we are hiring the creators to collaborate with us to do what they do well to reach their audience so we have to allow a lot of creative control to go over to the creator side and during the course of the project that's not always easy for people who aren't used to working in this environment one one of the greatest uh, uh, most famous i should say examples of this is uh, casey neistat so casey is the the one of the hottest creators if not the hottest creator in the marketplace today and uh, casey was approached by a, uh, a sportswear company to produce some content about the sportswear and he took a hundred thousand dollar deal and instead of making videos about the products he used the money to go on a tour of the world and shot himself in famous locations all around the globe came back and put together this fantastically interesting video and the brand initially said no 
no, we're not putting this out. This is not what we hired you to do. And and Casey's response was, you hired me to make content that will connect your brand to my audience. Uh, trust me on this. I know my audience better than you do. And uh, eventually he won the argument and the video has gone on to be one of the most viewed uh, branded creator videos in the history of this young medium. So I think it, it's a great example of the brand of the agency of the the traditional creatives needing to take a breath, step back, and understand that the creator knows the audience and the creator will never do something that alienates that audience because that's their bread and butter. But how do the companies find these creators? How do does a Danish company go and find a creator that would match their brand? That needs a lot of research, doesn't it? It takes a lot of research to find the uh, the right creator for a brand. WPP has a tool that uh, that Ogilvy helped develop called Playa. Uh, that is a database of creators that helps us match uh, creators' interests with brands' interests. Uh, that is a huge step forward. That's brand new. It's actually just come online over the last few weeks. Uh, for the most part, uh, it takes a knowledge of the space. It takes a knowledge of the creators. We spend a lot of our time uh, getting to know the creators personally, getting to know what they like, what they dislike, and spend the time to make those relationships. Then when it's time to connect the brand, we, we know who we want to connect with. Could you describe the people a bit more, the creators? What kind of personalities would they have? We love the creator community because of the variety of personalities that they have. So I mean, we could be talking about um, children who make videos of unboxing toys that are just unadulterated moments of joy, uh, right up to, uh, to to adults who have been in the communications game for for many years. Um, one of my uh, one of my favorite creators is Jenk Uger of the Young Turks. They're the uh, the number one news channel on YouTube. Uh, they tend to lean heavily towards politics coverage as well as coverage of stories uh, important to millennials. And Jenk uh, and I are about the same age. He actually started his business before YouTube existed. Um, he was broadcasting out of his, uh, his basement um, over the web. He has developed a media empire, if you will. Uh, he had a TV show on MSNBC for a while as a result of his work online. He was the news director at Current TV uh, for a little bit. And it, so you, you get people like that who are, who are communications professionals, uh, and you get people who are just rising from the ground up who have no experience. The thing that links them all together is that all of the people that, that we deal with got into this based upon desire and based upon a, 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 a commitment To the medium. We're not talking about people who had money to start out. Uh, we're talking about people who just had an idea and committed to it. So when you look at, at the beauty vloggers, you have a lot of young women who just were interested in beauty and started to share tips. And the ones who are really good developed an audience. Now you have people like Michelle Fond who have product lines based upon um, their, their advice and their work. A, a very few of them uh, really have the, the kind of star attitude that you might expect. I mean, one of my favorites, and I will not mention his name because I don't want to embarrass 
embarrass him. But uh, he's he's a very successful creator in his mid twenties, and his mom is still his agent. And and if you want to work with him, you just call and talk to mom. And it, it's something that's so uh, wonderfully unique and and wonderfully honest and rich. You know, as marketers, we throw around the word authentic a lot to the point where maybe it doesn't really have much meaning anymore. Um, but with creators, we're, we're dealing with a, a wonderful, uh, rich and dedicated bunch of people who just are passionate about their art. Getting to know a creator like Michelle Fawn tells you what she wants to do next. And in her case, she'd like to endorse girls' education. So by getting to know them on a one-to-one basis, that means a brand has an opportunity to go in a completely different and unexpected place. And that's why creating those formal relationships and those intimate relationships is so essential. If we go back to the companies again, would they have to collaborate with a creator or could they use some of those skills themselves, build up a community themselves? When we wrote the book, there were two things we were thinking about in terms of brands. One was to help them understand the creator revolution so that they would know how to work with creators and how to approach creators. The other thing was to get brands to start to think like creators and, and learn from what creators have done and apply it to their own brands. So that's something that, that has been incredibly important to us from the get-go. Over and over, and I'm not going to name names, we see brands that make ham-fisted attempts to get into the content game. Uh, they create content that, that they think, for whatever reason, somebody has told them is good, but it doesn't connect with an audience. Uh, it doesn't have that authentic feel, and it doesn't come regularly enough. I mean, all the things that creators have learned brands can learn from. Uh, create for your audience. Uh, give them the messages that they're most interested in receiving. Build a back and forth relationship. Always stay relevant. Never put something out that isn't relevant to your audience first. The highlights of your book, the most important advice in your book, what, what would you say? I would say the single most important piece of advice to take away from the book is that the rules that you grew up with, as far as the way that audiences and creators, those can be television, radio, print, or video creators, interact, those rules have now changed. And you have to understand that the audience now controls the game, that the community is paramount, and that working within the community as a member of it and as its chief supporter is the most important thing that a brand could possibly do. I think from my perspective, one of the most important things to uh, to come out of the book is the notion of embracing universes of content, not worrying so much about what your next video is going to be, what your next blog post is going to be, and, and acting as if your whole success hinges upon that one piece of content, but taking a, a much bigger point of view and looking across the digital landscape, what platforms do you need to be on, how do you connect the experience from YouTube to Facebook to Instagram, how do you build an audience across those platforms and have them be with you through the entire journey? Uh, one of the things that, that we're trying to unlearn from traditional media is that the next thing we create has to be the greatest thing ever. Um, if you're making a TV commercial and you're spending five or six million dollars on it, obviously you want it to work. Uh, we have a totally different way to judge content in this space where the next video doesn't have to be a masterpiece. It just has to relate to your audience. It has to help you build your universe. It has to help you move along. And when you get into that mindset, it's very freeing. All of a sudden, you 
you can make more content. You can take more risks. You can be more personal with your audience. And unlocking that is one of the, the most important keys to success in this space. There is right now a change in the way that the notion of the individual identity is being realized by the generation that we're calling the mobile generation. This idea of identity reached an apex of being purely me for me. But what we're starting to see with this generation is that it's me for us. And we're seeing this in the movement in college campuses towards community-enforced guidelines for speech in the idea of trigger warnings. And while there's been a lot of fairly justified backlash against that, the fact of the matter is we are going to have to renegotiate how individuals understand their role within a larger community. The entertainment that we're talking about is part of that renegotiation, but it's going to happen on a political level and on a societal level and eventually on an economic level as well. And brands need to understand that so that they can get ahead of it because those that don't probably won't survive the evolution. The audience has decided that this is the future of entertainment. And that's what makes it so interesting. It wasn't pushed on the audience. It wasn't a, a network executive. It wasn't a TV programmer saying this is what people want. This is an entirely organic revolution that has grown solely by between the relationship of the creator and the audience. And if you don't have a full understanding of that going into the, uh, the latter part of this decade, you're going to get left behind. Hvis du er interesseret i at få mere viden om, hvad der skaber brands, der gør en forskel, kan du gå ind på ogilvy.dk/thepipe og abonnere på vores podcast. Her finder du også Jeremy Katz og Robert John Davis' bog The Digital Social Contract, både som pdf og lydbog.